Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. You guys ready for some gospel? Hey, what does gospel mean? Good news, right? If what you believe to be true about God is not too good to be true, it's not what? Gospel, right? There is no bad, everybody say this, say there is no bad news to the good news. If there was, it ceases to be good news. Now that is so simple, it takes church to complicate it. And we've done a really good job of complicating the good news. And so just want to share some good news with you. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit now, I don't know, five or six weeks. Um, and I just want to kind of continue on and maybe take some simple thoughts with you and uh, just kind of share them with you. I always tell people I am a one-trick pony. I want to talk about the gospel or something about Jesus and keep on going. I got a few Bible verses. Just I want to call these out to you so you can save them as we get there. Acts chapter 4, um, verse 13, and then 23 through 31, if I get there. I'm a little short on time, so I don't know if I'll get to all of these. We read this last week, Luke 4 and 18. Luke 4 and 18, um, which is the same as Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. So Acts 4 and 13. Uh, Luke 4, 18. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. We'll be going through that way. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. And maybe even Colossians 1, 27. Um, let's read Isaiah 61 first, Katie, if you got that in the back. Isaiah 61 first, 1 through 3. Isaiah 61, <clears throat> 1 through 3. And then we'll probably go to 2 Corinthians 2. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, and 2 Corinthians 2. This is what Isaiah says, seven or 800 years before Christ. Speaking about Christ, he says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. Everybody say, to. Watch this. This deals with activity and function. To preach good tidings to the poor. That doesn't mean like financially poor, right? Spiritually poor. Watch this. That was to the whole world because we were all that way. To the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That doesn't mean like your boyfriend broke up with you. Right? <laughs> I ain't never been brokenhearted. That's not what that said. To heal the brokenhearted, he sent me to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives. That's not just for those who were in prison, like behind metal bars, right? You know, the strongest bars that, or the most bars that hold people captive are not metal bars. They really are mental bars. They're, and they're spiritual bars. And so this is what he's saying. And he sent me to open up the prison to those who are bound. Verse number two, he says, he sent me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And Jesus 
omits this next part when Jesus quotes this because our God is not a God of vengeance, regardless of what Bible verse you read. Because Christ is the word of God. In Christ, when he quotes this in Luke 4, 18, he omits this, the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who what? Mourn. Next verse, to comfort those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. And he says he wants to give them beauty for their what? Ashes means you had something in your life, but it got burnt up. We've all been there. God wants to give you beauty for the thing that you used to have that got consumed. He wants to give us the oil of joy for our crying or our weeping or our mourning. And he wants to give us a garment of praise for the spirit of what? Heaviness. Why? So that we could be called trees of what? Trees of what? One more time. Trees of what? Righteousness. And then he says, that's what? Next, next part of verse three, the planting of the Lord. Why? So that Papa will be glorified. I think I said we'll go to 2 Corinthians 2 here. Um, maybe verse 14 and 15, I think that's what I gave you. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14 and 15. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. He says, now thanks be to God who sometimes leads us. No, watch what the scripture says. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. You know, I see people like if somebody dies with a sickness, which by the way, if you live long enough, you're going to die. And, 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 and you will die of something. I don't care if it's old age. But we make it look like if, if you die from something like Christ didn't win, please. That is an insult to the finished work of the cross. I don't care what you leave the planet from. He will always lead us in triumph in Christ. Right? And God or Father or Abba or Papa through us releases or diffuses. How many of you guys got a diffuser in your home? You turn that thing on and it slowly releases or diffuses that aroma in your house. He says, God through us, I want you to hear this. God through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. God through us releases the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And then Paul says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Let me read one more. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. So much in there I want to read. We might get to 23 through 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Listen to this. This is after Peter and John healed the man at the gate called Beautiful. They had been tried um, by the religious council or the religious rulers. And they pretty much have them on trial. And it says, when they saw the boldness, everybody say boldness. You know, boldness can be seen. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. They perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. Then they what? Marveled and they realized that these two men had been with who? Jesus. Now look at verse what, what verse did I say? 23. 23 through 31. Tried them, found no reason to keep them. They let them go. Okay, they threatened them and they let them go. And being let go, they went to their own companions and they told everything that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they had heard that, they raised their voice to God. This is the rest of the followers of Christ. 
they heard what they did. They raised their voice with one accord and they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. And by the mouth of your servant, David, you said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And the kings of the earth took stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. They're quoting Psalms 2 here. For truly against your holy anointed servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your, and your, hand and your purpose had determined before be done. Now, Lord, now this is their prayer. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servant that with all what? Boldness, we may speak your word. And stretch out your hand to heal that signs and wonders will be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was what? Like that's, that's physically, there was a shaking that took place. This is not Acts 2, this is Acts 4. This is the second shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. These were men who were already filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch this, getting another infilling or another refilling, if it were. Everybody say, it's not just once. Right? You can drink as much as you want to drink. It's so quiet in here, you can what? You can hear moth pee on a cotton ball. I said, you can drink as much as you want to drink. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Papa, let your words speak to our hearts today. In simplicity, in Jesus' name. So over the last few weeks, we've covered a few things. We've talked about how we are, watch this, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say indwelt and empowered. Indwelt means the Holy Spirit lives in you. Now, just because the Holy Spirit lives in you doesn't mean you actually subjectively walk in power. I know a lot of people that are Christians, but if you wouldn't know that if you got around them by how they talk, by how they live, by their lack of demonstration of the things of Christ. You wouldn't know that by how they live, even though Christ lives in them. Which, by the way, you can't show me one person the Spirit of God doesn't live in. If you can show me anything the Spirit of God doesn't live in, that thing would cease to exist. God's Spirit lives in every blade of grass, every rock, every bird, every ant, also every human being, because everything was made in Christ and through Christ and for Christ. Paul says that he is the God who fills all in all. Now, everybody doesn't know that. Right? It was several years ago that Jesus spoke to me. I was telling my dad this yesterday. He said, well, you quit trying to save the world. He said, I already did that. Go share good news. When you read a newspaper, you read what was already done the day before or the days before. This is what has already been done. So the Holy Spirit indwells every human being. In Acts chapter 17, Paul was talking to pagans who are worshiping all kind of gods on top of Mars Hill. And they have all of these altars there. And he says, I got to figure out how to tell them about the one true God. Everybody say they were pagans. And he founds an altar there that has this inscription on it. It says, to the unknown God. They wanted to be so sure that there wasn't one God they were lifting, they were leaving out. And so Paul says, I'm going to take this and use it as a platform to share Christ with them. And he says, come around, gather around. And they all start gathering around. And he says, the first thing I want to tell you about my God is he's the creator of heaven and earth. 
And then he says this, you should know this about my God. He doesn't live in temples made by the hands of a man. That was an insult to them. Why? Because every God they were worshiping lived in a house they had to make for him. If you got to make your God a house, you got the wrong God. I'm just, I'm just, you know. (laughs) And then you are worshiping a God that you made with your own hands. If you have to create a body for your God, go get another one. Right? And he says, my God doesn't live in temples made by the hands of a man. And he says this, neither is he worshipped by the hands of a man as though he needed anything. And then he says this, quoting their own philosophers, he says, in him you live, move, and have your being. He was talking to pagans who never said the prayer that's not even in the Bible. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the prayer of repentance or whatever that means. He was talking to people that had never even said the prayer. and said, right this very moment, right now, you are living, moving, and breathing in the God I'm telling you about, but you don't know it. Listen. Is that, is that too raw? And then the next verse, he says this. He says, and we are his offspring. But brother, they hadn't said the prayer or been to church. And in the Greek, it's the word genos. It's where we get genealogy. You are his genealogy, but you don't know it. So the spirit of God lives inside of every human being. But what is a born again experience? It is when you are awakened to what's always been true of you. It's when the light bulb goes off and you're like, whoa, God lives in me. I didn't know that. You don't say a prayer and make God jump into your heart. I grew up thinking he jumped in my heart and I sinned and he jumped out, right? And God was doing hopscotch all through my life. That's why his calves are so big, right? We thought God jumped in people and he jumped out of people. We told lies like sin separated you from God. If you can find anything to separate you from God, you found something stronger than God and there ain't nothing that can do that. And because we take scripture out of context, text taken out of context, Context. If you take text out of context, you're left with one word. What is it? Con. So God's spirit indwells people, but he also empowers people. Acts chapter 2 is not people getting born again. Acts chapter 2 is empowerment for ministry or to love on the earth. They were born again in John 20 where Jesus walks up to them and says. Receive the Holy Spirit. And they receive the Holy Spirit. That's a born again experience. And then in Acts 2. The flame of God rested on them. And that's empowerment So why, why do we need the Holy Spirit? I want you to understand something. Remember this. For the first 30 years of Jesus' life, he did no miracles. He taught no sermons. He was a good young man for the, that part of his life. I mean, he wasn't walking around probably saying bleepity bleep. Like, he was just a good man of character. He went to the synagogue on a regular basis. He participated in all of the feasts of Israel. Um, he was just a godly young man. But at the age of 30, even though he was always God... At the age of 30, the son of man, come on, Daniel, the son of man was anointed by the Holy Spirit resting on his shoulder in the form of a dove. And so Jesus receives an anointing from the Holy Spirit. And as a man from that day forward, Jesus began 
to do and cause righteous riots for the next three years. He did things that his culture wanted to literally stone him over. Like real, really, they wanted to stone him over, but he was anointed. What does it mean to anoint? It literally means to smear with oil, (laughs) to smear with oil. When you anointed something biblically, you put oil on it, but you were saying this, this is set apart because it has a specific purpose. My uh, grandma, my, by, by the way, my dad's here. Everybody say, hey, dad. My dad said, said, that's your dad. He don't look as good as you. I know he doesn't look as good as me, but he got the best he got, right? I just told somebody he doesn't look like Dwayne Johnson like I do, but that's, a, that's the best he got. But my dad's here today. My dad's mom stayed right up the street from us, and she actually had um, some utensils that I only seen like twice and they were like really special to her. She would bring them out, I guess, when she had really, really special guests, which evidently wasn't a lot, and it wasn't us. Like, they, I'm going to go really old. Did y'all know those old folks that they had like plastic over their furniture when you went to their house? Y'all ain't talking. Y'all don't know nothing about that. And I'm talking about they had these clear throw rugs. And when they really hated you, they would turn them upside down and they had spikes on the bottom of them. I'm like, this has to be the closest thing to torment. They making sure you didn't sit on their furniture. Like you could sit on the slide off. I'm like, this is leather. Anyway, my grandma had some of that same kind of stuff going on. But she had this, these, these silverware that she would only bring out, Matt, for special occasions. You know why? Because that was set aside for a specific purpose. And to be anointed by the Holy Spirit is not saying that that you are or are not born again or you are or, or have not been awakened. It's saying this, do you understand that your life has purpose to it? I want you to know something. I don't care if you flip burgers. I don't care if you are a stay-at-home mom or dad. I don't care if you are an entrepreneur making seven or eight figures a year. I don't care if you work on cars. I don't care if you sell food out of the back window of your house. You are anointed whether you know it or not. I said you are oily whether you know it or not. But the truth is, do you acknowledge that? Everybody's anointed. I sometimes I go through and I watch the highlights of, of American Idol. There's some people on there that wouldn't know Jesus any more than this whiteboard was, but they're anointed. Listen, listen. Oh, that's, oh, I can't believe he just said that. I recognize the God's gift and touch on their life even when they don't. But boy, what happens when you actually recognize that your life has purpose? You can be fishermen or tax collectors or ex-prostitutes and end up turning their known world upside down. So Isaiah says this, speaking of Jesus, Jesus quotes it in Luke chapter 4 when he goes to the temple one day. The scripture says that he unrolled the scroll and he started reading from Isaiah and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has anointed me to restore sight to the blind. He has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison doors to those that are bound. And he takes the scroll and he rolls it back up. And he gives it to the attendant. 
And then the Bible says Jesus went and sat down. And some historians say that Jesus sat down in a specific seat. It was a seat that nobody was supposed to sit in because in their synagogues, they had a seat that was reserved for the Messiah when he would come. And they say that's the chair that Jesus himself sat down in. And when he did that, there was a holy awe that went across the synagogue that day, Matthew. And the gospel of Luke says this. Every eye in the room was fixated upon Jesus. Like, why did you just do that? And then Jesus uttered these words. He says, I tell you this very day, this scripture that I just read to you is fulfilled in your hearing. Then Luke's gospel says they drove him out of the synagogue and they took him to the brow of the hill and they were going to cast him off of the hill. And then something I'm sure, still not sure what it means is, it says, but Jesus went through the midst of them like, like what you, what you turn in the wind? Went through there doing the James Brown. Like they didn't know what was going on. Just who's James Brown? Just Google it. Just, I mean, just YouTube. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because I am anointed to do something. I want you to know something. You're not just a Christian that come to church twice a week and not cuss and not have sex outside of marriage. Once again, it's so quiet in here, you can hear mafia on a cotton ball. We are not just Christians that have weekly gatherings with people who believe the same thing that we believe. I'm telling you something. Listen to me. Listen to me. We are anointed for communities. Listen to me. We are anointed to live Christ outside of church walls. This ain't even the church anyway. It's a building. We are the church. I'll be there, uh, there is a significance of places that we gather. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But I am telling you, we're anointed to have conversations in parks and at coffee shops. We're anointed to, and to bring people to our homes and share the goodness of, of what we believe with them, not just inside of these buildings. Everybody say, I'm anointed to do something. So watch this. God is in me for me, but he's on me for others. <sighs> I said, he is in me for me. And Lord Jesus, would you just revive that marker in Jesus' name? He's in me for me, right? Let me see if he revived this one. There you go. Look at that. Don't tell me he won't do it. He's in me for me, right? But he's on me for others. You know what? You know what? There should never be such thing as a selfish Christian. When Christ is known by how much he gave. Why am I anointed to, to, to? And they all deal with doing stuff for other people. (laughs) I'm anointed to preach. Well, Well, bless your heart, but go do something with it. Right? You might be anointed to be a mechanic. Does God care about that? Sure he does. He cared about fishing. Sure he does. He cares about everything. You could be anointed at whatever you do, but you are anointed by God's spirit to do something to embedder somebody else's life. You ever thought about that? That was Jesus's mission statement, as it were, and it all dealt with doing stuff toward other people. And I'm telling you something. You're... (laughs) We're not anointed to tell how frustrated you are on social media. Some of us are. I see it all the time. I want to tell some people, I see you have been hurt. 
we've seen it for the last 10 years. Now, by God's grace, walk out of that. If every time you post something, it's about they hurt me at that job or that church or that community of people hurt me. You haven't received grace. You're living in bitterness. But I'm telling you, you are anointed to be whole. You should be so anointed that people can't even tell, like the three Hebrew boys, that you were even in the fire because the smoke of your past is not even resting on your life. I didn't say that trauma's not real, hurt's not real, past isn't real. Trust me, we all got it. I just choose not to put it all over me. I'm anointed to show people that God is good, that he's kind, that he's loving, that he is forgiving, that he cares about them. And you can do it by cutting somebody's shrubs at their house. You can do it by cutting somebody's grass at their house. You can do it by paying a bill for somebody. You can do what somebody in our church is doing right now, buying a couch for somebody. You can do it by simply inviting somebody over to your house to hang out and have what the Bible calls fellowship with them. Just learn that you are anointed not to be idle. You are anointed to do something. And here's what we make mistakes in church is we compare, well, Matthew did this and I'm only doing this. Come on, man. I don't compare what you do with what I do. What I do complements what you do. I don't compare with what I do with my giftings and my calling what you do. I complement what you do. You tracking with me? So watch this. He says, I'm anointed to do something. Let me just read it because I don't want to misquote that. Can you throw it up, Katie? Isaiah 61 again. Look at the, what, what Christ said he was anointed to do. To preach good tidings to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You are anointed for trouble. That's the reason we're anointed for. I'm anointed for impossibility and trouble. All of those are trouble. Brokenhearted. People captive. Right? That's trouble. That's trouble. Poor, that's trouble. People that got ashes in their life, that's trouble. People that have been mourning, that's trouble. People that are in heaviness, that's trouble. But you know what we want to do specifically here in the West and in America? We want people that, we want people like this. I want all my friends that have money. I want, I want to go to a church where everybody has money. Nobody has no problems. Nobody has no marital issues. And I want them all to be the same color as me. I want us to all to have the same flavor of coffee. We all watch the same shows and we sing about it and God good all the time. There is a reason why when you read scripture, you find them in graveyards. Because the Spirit of God drove them there. You find them hanging around prostitutes. Why? Why? Because the Spirit of God drove them there. You find them tax collectors, hateful people. Why was Jesus always inviting them? Because he was anointed for that thing. And we are anointed to do the impossible or to make the impossible possible. If you're not finding some mountains or some obstacles, I want to challenge you. You're probably not really living out of your God-given anointing. If I tell you how much brokenness in the last three months that I've had, you have no clue how much counseling, how many sit-down conversations, how many phone calls. My goodness. And I'm like, wait, I'm anointed for this, though. Because it's not me and myself doing it. It's God working through me. And this is just me and my small life. The same way my grandmother's silverware had a specific purpose, I'm telling you, you have a purpose for God resting upon you. 
He lives in you, yes, but he rests upon you for something. You have an anointing. Everybody say, I have an anointing. So watch this. If I am really anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives, I want to say this to you. Who do you know that's bound by something? It could be an attitude. I mean, you can, go to, you can go to the jailhouse and witness to people if you want, but I promise you, there's people walking around. There's people on your row right now sitting behind bars and don't even know it. Do you know that this was talking about Jesus? And Jesus, from what we have historical records, never went to jail or prison to see anybody. But yet he said, I'm called to, anoint, to open prison doors to the captives. Because he was around people that were held bound, watch this, behind not metal bars, but mental spiritual bars often. And I'm telling you, you can pay a bond and get out of behind from behind metal bars, but it's a lot more difficult to free people from bad mental bars. You try getting people to think differently. Well, I think this way because my mama said. Yeah, 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 she said. They might have meant well. Do you know you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong? So anointed to do things. I'm anointed for activity. I challenged uh, three people reached out to me this week. They took me up on my challenge. A church of 200 people, three people took me up on it. And I'm grateful for those three people that sent me messages from last week um, that actually went out and to love on people. It's amazing what's on the other side of your obedience. I mean, you just being Christ in your community. I try to go meet people all the time on a regular basis. And watch this, not to invite people to our church. <laughs> I don't care what church you go to. Pick one. Pick one that's brewing with life. Right? I try to meet people all the time. And uh, Kalen was telling me, the other day, he said, I don't know how you said it, but I'm, I'm going to mess it up. It's basically, he's like, man, do you know like what it's like, like hanging out and talking to you? I'm like, well, I hope it's really good. Like he was tooting my horn. What Kalen don't know is how much I brag about him, but I was bragging about him to my dad. It's like, I got a guy that'll show up early. He'll stay late. Message me. Hey, you need anything? I need you to go spend time with your family. That's what I need you to go do. <laughs> but if you hang out with Kalen, Kalen is anointed to be Kalen. You know what I'm saying? Like he's anointed just to be Caleb. You're anointed to do something. Find that thing and whatever you find to do, do it, the scripture says, with all of your what? All of your might because you're anointed to do it. Now, I, I want to tell you about this. Nobody never told me I was anointed to do this. Here it is. Here it is. At the end of verse 3 of Isaiah 61, he says, I'm anointed too. Then he says this, that we may be called, all this stuff is that, we may be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that our Father may be glorified. I wish somebody would have taught me about righteousness when I was a boy. I missed this. At the end of all the anointing stuff, and he says, this is done so that you'll know that you are a tree of righteousness. One translation says a oak of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. God says, I want to plant you in righteousness. In other words, if we understood that we were actually righteous, it would be easy to proclaim to the liberty to the captive. If we understood that we were righteous, it would be easy to take the oil of joy and give it to those who have been mourning. If we understood that we were righteous, it would be easy to take off a spirit of heaviness of people 
and give them a garment of praise. But because we don't know we're righteous, we say crazy things like this. Well, if I get my life together, if I stop sinning, if I start tithing more effectively, if I go to church more regularly, then I'm going to go do this stuff. And God says, I want you to put all that stuff behind you. And I want you to understand that you are righteous, not by your own doing. He says, this is the planning of the Lord. And when you get that, the preceding verses happen as easy as breathing takes place. Why is it important, man? When you want to talk about the anointing, why is all this stuff important? Because the Holy Spirit comes on us. I want you to see this. The Holy Spirit, when Jesus was on the earth, it was amazing. He was the Savior of the world. But Jesus left. Jesus' last name wasn't Christ. It wasn't Josh Jones, Kaylee Sweat, Jesus Christ. They didn't even have last names in the days of Jesus. You were known by what city you came from. He was Jesus of But Jesus met Christ in the waters of baptism, and he was known by that. Jesus, the anointed one. That's what Christ means. The anointing and his anointing. anointing. Jesus met Christ at baptism. Watch this. At at the end of three and a half years, I'm going to put a J for Jesus. Lord, Father, there's that mark again. In Jesus' name, revive him, Lord. What I do? I'll use this one. Look at that. Look at that, brother. Look at that. You see it, brother? Look at that. Is your life dry? (laughs) That pretty preach on something we're gonna believe god right here here we go there we go at the end of three and a half years watch this you know what you know what jesus did he ascended he went back you know what jesus is right now it's not a mystery right now he is seated at the right hand of papa but the christ that rested on his shoulder where is he that's holy spirit where is he jesus went up but christ stayed on the earth Listen now, listen now. The Holy Spirit right now resides on the earth, watch this, on the many-membered body of Christ. He still rests on the body. The Holy Spirit rested on the body of Jesus. Now he resides on the body of Christ. By the way, do you know that you're not, and the Bible doesn't call us the body of Jesus? It calls us the body of the body of the anointing. That's what Christ means. Anointing. So where is the Holy Spirit now? He's on Stephen. He's in your life. If that's the case, I want to ask you something. What kind of heavenly activity are you involved in this week? You need to start planning this stuff out. I'm telling you. <laughs> Let me see if I can read. Let me, let me, what was the last one I got? Okay, I know you sent me one. Come on, work. Uh, here's one I got this week. Have gotten to pray for a couple of people while out and about with the kids and while at the library and at the gymnastics clinic. None of those are church. But watch this. But because the church is people, the church was at the gymnastic clinic. The church was at the library, right? She said, nothing fancy, just simple prayers, either speaking truth over them or healing. Your words help us to reach out when there's an obvious need. This is what you said last week. She said, I'm paraphrasing. But those words to reach out, if you see an obvious need, reach out. Those words have stuck with me this week. I'm praying this will, be, I'm praying this will become normal for me. And I won't let the fear of stepping out keep me from doing it. 
Love is simple if we make it simple. I will throw this phone across this church. Are you hearing me how simple this is? I bet she didn't walk in the, I bet she didn't walk in the gym and go, oh, Shaha, thank you, God. I know you're in here. Where are you at? Are you hurting? Come here. If you do that around me, I'm leaving. I just want you to know I'm like, you are the person I'm trying to stay away from. I'm trying to find people. If you look, if you don't try to be some way in public if you're not that way in private. That's why I don't preach from a stage any different than I would having a conversation with you at my house. I don't have a preacher's voice. I know guys get on the stage, boy, they start hacking. They start, I know one guy, we were just having a conversation in the back of the church, and he was getting on, he went, he went up on stage to open a service. We just having a normal conversation, shooting the breeze. That guy got on stage, and he said, bless God, ha, if we want to go to the bathrooms, you go down the hallway, ha, and you go, and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you sound like an auctioneer. That's not your normal voice. But they haven't learned how to be themselves and not perform yet. And I'm telling you, the most, the most anointed that you will ever be is when you, you, when you learn to be your most authentic self. Listen to what Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We are to God the fragrance of his son. We are to God the fragrance of his son. And he said that, see, when Jesus was on the earth, when Jesus was on the earth, watch this, and Christ rested on his shoulder everywhere Jesus went, he released the fragrance of God in every place. That's what he did. Now, except Jesus left, but Christ stayed on the earth. Now, Paul got a revelation. He told the church of Corinth this. He said, you know what I found out? I found out that God through us releases the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So when Caleb's at the gym doing what he does, He's releasing the fragrance of God or the revelation knowledge or the reality of God in that place. Does that make sense? I often tell the story of a friend of mine who went to our last church. This brother always wore too much cologne at the time. He actually smelled really good. You never get around me. I don't have on some cologne. I try not to leave the house without cologne. I don't, I don't like it. But anyway, this guy would wear, he had a body spray that he would wear. He could have got out of the car... 12 parking spaces behind you, you're going to know he got out the car. You feel me? I'm like, you ever seen those commercials about, those old school commercials about Axe body spray, a guy wears it, and how the women act when he put it on? This is how I felt when that brother. I'm like, man, I know you're right here somewhere. He, and I remember there's one day I'm rushing. I didn't want to be late for staff meeting because I didn't want to get scalded. Y'all know nothing about them kind of church meetings. But anyway, I didn't want to get scalded. And so, and so I didn't put on any cologne. I get to staff meeting. Come here, Kaylin. I get to staff meeting. I'm like, hey, pastor. And I walk up and I give him a hug. And I was like, oh, glory. God. And I'm just like, you know, and I didn't even know it. It's like, man, that's strong. People ask me, say, what kind of cologne you wear? I said, it's called Baby Maker. They're like, oh, stay away from me then. I don't want the Baby Maker. It's called Baby Maker. And it don't work because I only got two. I just want to, but I like the smell of it. So, so <laughs> come on back in. Come on back in. I hugged him. This at, the, this at the beginning of the day. At the end of the day, I'm going to Walmart because I'm going to buy some little Debbie Swiss Rose cakes. Y'all don't know nothing about that because I'm anointed. I'm at Walmart. It's like 10 or 12 hours later picking up little Debbies 
I just, just saying that, my God. Just picking on the Swiss roll cake. I got to go buy some. Picking up little Debbie's. And I'm walking on the aisle. And this guy's like, hey, man, can I ask you a question? I was like, what's up, man? He said, what kind of cologne you got on? I said, well, I ain't got on no cologne. I said, I don't got on no cologne, man. I said, I actually forgot it today. He said, yes, you got on some cologne? I'm like, no, no. Then I'm looking at this guy like, he said, no, you got on cologne. So I'm like, I do have on some cologne. <laughs> but I didn't put on no cologne that day. I didn't put on no cologne. Just Holy Ghost haircut. Somebody, you'll get that when you get home. I didn't put on no cologne. And I'm thinking, what? Where is he smelling this from? And I remember, I hugged this man of God <laughs> that was really anointed. In the beginning of staff meeting. And what he put on his own life in private. When I embraced him, it got on me. And even though he wasn't with me, 12 hours later, I'm at another geographical location shopping. And even though that man's not there, he's still there. And they hugged me and smelled him. And Paul says, when Papa wants to smell the fragrance of his son, it says he smells us. Did you know that to God, you are the fragrance of his son? And when you recognize that, when you go about your day, you are releasing the fragrance of Christ in every place that you go. Christ doesn't physically have to be here. I mean, not Jesus. But Christ releases his fragrance or diffuses himself through us in every place that we go. Come on, this making sense? One story and I'm done because I'm, I'm over time. Jesus is, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know where he's at. I think he's at Bethany. I don't remember. It's the story of the prostitute coming in the house. You know the story. She wasn't welcome there. These men are eating around the table. Women shouldn't be around men eating anyway, not in that culture. She comes in there. She's weeping. She is a prostitute. She has a known reputation. She goes in the room with Christ. And they say to him, she just comes up. She starts bawling. She's crying. Her, 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 her tears are literally hitting his feet. And she's just, you could just see her on her knees at Jesus' feet, just grabbing his feet and just crying. And, and the religious people in the room said, if this man was really a, if he was really a prophet, he would know that this, this, he, shouldn't be, he shouldn't be around her. And Jesus never stopped her. Never stopped her. She also had an alabaster box. Remember that story? And she breaks it. It was her dowry. Remember that? It was like a year's worth of wages and she takes it and she anoints Jesus with it. Look at that story. And a fragrance you know would have filled the room. But the only people that got that fragrance on them that day was her and Jesus. And you could see them getting up eventually. They left that meal and they left that encounter that they had with Christ. Peter came out of that room smelling like a fisherman. James and John came out of that room smelling like a fisherman. Judas came out of that room smelling just like Judas did before he went in that room. 
Huh? Nathaniel left out of that room smelling the same way he did when he went into that room. And then here comes Jesus because the aroma of the oil was on his life when he comes out smelling like he had on baby water. Right? He just smelled amazing. But guess who the last person out of that room would have been culture that day? It was that woman. And when she came out, you know what they probably said? You don't smell like Peter, James, or John. You know who you smell like? You smell like Christ. She was anointed that day. That woman went on to be a vessel and a mouthpiece in some tremendous ways, history says. Stand to your feet with me. I want you to know something. You're anointed. I don't care if you drive a school bus or what you do. See yourself this week. I'm not telling you to tote a Bible to work and sing praise and worship songs all day. I'm just saying recognize that Christ lives in you and he is upon you and you are anointed to do something. If it's nothing more than just be loved to people. Lift your hands toward heaven. Father, I bless our family today. Thank you for the truth that you live in us and that you rest upon us. Would you take the wonder of who you are and you magnify that? I pray that there would be a recommissioning of the body of Christ today in this region. I want, I want the Midwest to know that there are a family of people that could care less about a good church service, but they want to see marriages made whole, bodies made whole, mental and emotional issues being dealt with because of Christ. I don't care if it comes by sitting with a therapist or a counselor or the hands of a preacher or a conversation with a friend at a park bench. We are anointed to do something. Jesus, would you let us walk out this truth today? Holy Spirit, we embrace your nudges. We embrace your leading. Yeah. Some of you are going to get your sensitivity back. You say, I don't know what it means to be led. Get ready. You will. You're going to know what it means to be. You're going to see somebody and think, I think I'm supposed to go talk to them, but I don't know what to say. Don't wait for the words to come. Just go. Be love. Be kind. And the words will come. On the other side of your willingness to go is the greatest story waiting for you. Your testimony is on the other side of you being willing to go and the great commission was never go if you feel comfortable the great commission was never go if it makes sense the great commission was go if their life isn't that messed up it was just go ye into all the world and I want to remind you today as a son of God and as a brother to you it's still go and let God through you diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge in every place Lindsay I love you God bless you guys have an amazing week Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.